I don't know about you, but when I look back at the years, I can always remember one or two things from each year that stands out uh, quite a bit. L let, me, let me give you an example. 2015 will forever be the year that I graduated seminary, uh, the year that I moved to Louisiana, and the year that I met my now wife, Susie. 2016 will forever be remembered as the year of the flood that happened here in, uh, in Louisiana, in southern Louisiana. 2017, I will always remember it as the year that uh, our senior pastor at our main campus, Brady, and he's my mentor, a friend of mine, uh, had his heart stuff and uh, nearly died. Uh, and that whole year uh, was a journey, and uh, I, will, I will always remember that for 2017. 2018 was the year I got married. 2019 was the year I got ordained as an elder in the United Methodist Church. But when I get to 2020, I have a hard time picking one or two things. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, somewhere between Murder Hornets and Hurricane Laura, I lost track of everything. So much stuff has happened this year. It's not just a global pandemic. There is so much. If there's anything in particular that you will remember about 2020, I want to invite you to write that in the comments right now. Because we have definitely been through so much. Let me tell you, uh, what we're going through this year, all the stuff that you recall, all the stuff that you remember, everything we have been through, this is not the norm. This is not the way life is supposed to be. This is not the way things are going to be forever. Just last week, I had somebody ask me this question. She said, do you think that God has lost control and this is the way life is going to be from now on? Do you think that God has lost control and this is the way life is going to be from now on? Look, i got to be honest with you, that question uh, really broke my heart. Everything we've been through, it is so easy to begin to believe that this is the way things are going to be from now on. That God is no longer in control. That, that things are just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. It is so easy to begin to believe that after everything we have been through. But I want you to hear me say this. This is not the norm. Things will not be like this permanently. This is not the way things are supposed to be. And you know why? Because God has promised us that this is not the way things are supposed to be. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, it says this, God will wipe every tear from their eyes, death will be no more, and crying and pain will be no more. See, everything we're going through, it's going to go away someday. Everything we're going through is not the way God intended life to be. Things will be different. Things will be better. That, the fact that things are going to be different and better, that every tear will be wiped away, that death will be no more, that crying and pain will be no more, that promise is a promise God has made to you, to I, to all of us. And let me tell you, God is a promise keeper. God has made that promise and God will keep that promise. So stay strong because things will not be like this forever. God is a promise keeper. 
Now, let me prove it to you. Let me prove to you that God is indeed a promise keeper. In Genesis chapter 12, God begins to talk to Abraham. And, and he tells Abraham, I need you to leave, this is what it says, uh, I need you to leave your country, your kindred, and your father's house, and go to a land that I have promised, that I will tell you, and uh, you will uh, have children and descendants uh, more than you can even begin to count. And in biblical times, this was a big deal to have this many descendants. And on top of that, God says, they will be a blessing unto others. God has chosen Abraham to leave everything behind and to be a blessing unto others, to be a blessing unto this world. It is through Abraham and his descendants that the rest of the world will come to know and have a relationship with God. And he tells them, leave these three things behind, your country, your kindred, and your, father, your father's house. And these three things are important. See, when he leaves his country, he leaves the center of his faith. In biblical times, and even still some places today, your land says a lot about your faith. And God says, leave your land behind. When, when God says, leave your kindred, leave your family behind, right? That's his social status. Who he was and his name and who his father was and his lineage, that gives them social status in the community. And God says, leave that behind. And when God says, leave your father's house, you have to understand that, that Abraham's father's house was his financial uh, uh, support. That's what uh, uh, gave him financial stability. And God says, leave that behind. He leaves everything behind. And God says, what lies ahead will be better than the struggles you're going to face. What lies ahead will be better than what you have now. What lies ahead is better. Trust me. So Abraham does what probably I wouldn't do if I'm honest with you, but Abraham just drops everything and goes. He leaves. But a couple chapters later, in chapter 15, Abraham begins to doubt. Maybe he's doubted all along. Maybe you've, doubt, uh, you've doubted all along that things will get better. Uh, Moses or Abraham has doubted that things will get better. And in chapter 15, he asks this question. Let me read this. This is chapter 15, verses 8 through 18. Oh, Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it, possess the land that he has sent him to? God said to Abraham, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain, that your offspring shall be aliens in the land that is not theirs, and shall be slaves there. And they shall be oppressed for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a great old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And then listen to this part. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, 
A smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying to your descendants, I give this land. Now look, uh, I, I must admit that every time I read this story, I kind of just read past it and I don't really understand what's happening, but, but I want to stop here for a moment because it is truly one of my favorite scripture stories. I was tempted to ask a whole bunch of people to lend me some uh, stuffed animals because I wanted to, to portray this picture uh, of what's happening here. So God has made Abraham a promise. His descendants will be many. He will bring them out of any struggle, right? He talks about the oppression they're going to they're gonna face. And God says to Abraham, right? Abraham says, how will I know? And God says to Abraham, go get these animals. And instantly, without any more instructions, Abraham knows to get those animals and he cuts them in half and he places them on the floor, on the ground. One half of the body on this side, the other half of the body on this side. He makes a path. And at night, we're told that a flaming pot, a, a, a fire pot and a flaming pot pass between the carcasses of these animals. It sounds strange, but to Abraham, it was very obvious what was happening. You see, in biblical times, you didn't have lawyers that you could go to and uh, get special contracts and, and say, okay, we agree to this. The way you would agree to something was that you would make a deal and you would go get these animals and you'd cut them in half and you'd lay them on the ground and then the two of you, the, the, the two people making the agreement, would walk in between this two, the, these animal halves and it was a symbol. It was a symbol and an agreement that both of them were going to keep their end of the promise. And if they didn't, they were cursed to die like those animals. You see, when God tells Abraham, go get these animals, Abraham knows that God is about to make him a promise, and he is promising to keep it. But here's the catch. Abraham does not have the power on his own to keep his end of the promise. Right? God needs him and his descendants to be faithful 100% of the time. And, and, and God knows that they're not going to be able to. They will not be able to always put 100% of their faith on God. And so instead, this flaming, uh, this smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passes in between. And scholars would tell you that the, these, this flaming torch and this smoking pot is God walking, taking the place of both Abraham and Moses in the middle of these animals. You see, what God is saying to Abraham here, he's saying, look, I am making you a promise and I'm going to keep it. Irregardless of whether you can keep your end of the promise or not, Irregardless of whether your descendants can stay faithful to me or not, irregardless of what you do, I'm going to keep my promise. See, God is a promise keeper. And in that moment, he proved to Abraham that this promise he was making to him, God intended to keep. 
Look, I want to tell you today, God has made us a promise that someday there will be no more tears, no more death, no more suffering, no more crying, no more mourning. And God has said to you and I, just like he said to Abraham, he is saying to you and I that he is a promise keeper. And this promise that someday it'll be better, it's going to happen. Someday things will be better. Someday all the pain will go away. Someday all this death will go away. Someday all this fear will go away. Someday all the things 2020 has brought us will be no more because every tear will be gone. Every mourning will be gone. Every sadness will be gone. Every death will be gone. Beloved, I want you to hear me say this. It is so easy to lose hope and to think that somehow God has lost control and things will always be this way. Remember, it will not always be this way. God has made you a promise. He's made me a promise. He's made all of us a promise that things will get better.